You are listening to Bicycle Retail Radio, brought to you by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. My name is Tim Crone. I have a bike shop called Pedal in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, I want to go at the outset and say that I am not an expert. Uh, I've only been doing the bike shop thing for a few years, uh, but I have gotten uh, exceedingly interested in my metrics and uh, I was asked if I would talk about it, and I will. Uh, I would rather answer questions than uh, than do some kind of Q and A thing, but uh, this 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 will work. This will work. So uh, a little bit about me. Uh, I started pedal in January of 2011. This is my second career. Uh, my first career was in. Uh, what we used to call data processing. I think now it's information technology or maybe something more interesting than that. Uh, I started Pedal with only about a year and a half of bike shop uh, experience. I worked in a shop that did not have a point of sale system. Uh, It did not have uh, a cash register. We had a cash drawer, but we had some uh, calculators on which we uh, performed our functions. So that that was interesting. Uh, My previous career, I did uh, have a good understanding of QuickBooks. Uh, I knew how to interface with the federal government a little bit. So some of that wasn't uh, wasn't quite as scary. Uh, But anyway, I I started the the bike shop and it seemed like it was going to work. And that that was nice. And then it it didn't take long before I started thinking, well, how am I doing? I mean, I feel like I'm doing okay, but am I really doing okay? Is this is this just a big lie? Uh, so I called a few people, and they said, well, maybe you should be in a P2 group. And I said, well, uh, that sounds interesting. How does it work? And it works a whole lot like an automotive 20 group, uh, if you're familiar with that. But it's non-competing dealers uh, comparing financials, comparing KPIs, which I'll talk about shortly, it all in an effort of trying to get better. Uh, I will tell you that the P2 program is not free, uh, but I think for me, it is exceedingly worthwhile. Uh, it was worthwhile when my shop uh, did about $700,000 of business a year. Uh, it's worth a lot now that now that we're quite a bit bigger than that. So, so that's that. Um, and the thing that I was thinking about when I got involved in the P2 program and when I started asking these questions, uh, I, I was really thinking about improvement. How do we improve? Uh, as I say, I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of bike shop background to, to go on. I was that enthusiast who opened his own shop. Uh, and, you know, once I sold bikes to all my friends, I was like, ooh, heck, what do I do now? So, so the idea was, how do, we, how do we make it work? How does retail work? How do these things happen? And I think if you're going to improve, you kind of have to know where you are. And to know where you are, you've got to be able to measure something. Uh, you've got to be able to figure out where you want to go. And, and what does that destination look like? Uh, I had a service manager recently say that he wanted to take the shop to the next level. And I said, well, what's that look like? How, how am I going to know if you have succeeded in that goal? Uh, so you got to know where you're going. And then you you got to figure out how you're going to get there. Uh, what are the knobs and levers that you can turn and pull to get where you want to go? 
and I and I think underlying all this is that nothing nothing happens in a second, right? Uh, it takes a while. Uh, maybe it takes over a year to get data that's actually meaningful and uh, can can give you some sort of idea of where you are and how to get there. So when you start looking at all this data stuff, um, some organization is required. Uh, and I think the organization falls into two types. You've got to have systems uh, that can provide you with data, and then you've got to have processes to organize it. Uh, the systems, as far as uh, bike shops go, uh, point of sale is pretty important. Uh, I know there are uh, profitable shops out there that can get by without a point of sale system. Uh, I think it's critical. So there. Um, some numbers from your accounting system are pretty important. Uh, and, and when we talk about these systems, it's not just having the system. It's organizing stuff within the system. So... I think one of the most important things that you can do with your point of sale is think about how you categorize your products. I think it's super important. Uh, you can change it. It's not the end of the world. I've done it. But having some sort of thoughtful category tree is super important. Uh, with your accounting software, I think organizing your chart of accounts into something that makes sense to you. Right. I had a consultant that wanted me to do a chart of accounts that made sense to him, but I want something that makes sense to me. Can I read this and figure out uh, and understand what's going where? Um, a lot of the processes uh, involve um, two things. One is creating and running the reports you need to extract the data from the systems. Uh, I used to have a big, hairy query that I would run in Ascend uh, that would spit out some numbers for me. Uh, I have some smaller reports that I get out of, for instance, my um, payroll system that helps with that. Uh, other things that are important are that you're, you're working from the same set of data. So I had to develop a process uh, for closing the books. Like, what did I have to do to say that the month was done, Right. Um, I have to split my loan payments between principal and interest. I have to make sure that all the bills are entered and are ready in uh, accounts payable. Um, I have to pay the sales tax. That's part of closing month end is paying the sales tax for the previous month for me, right? So all of these things just uh, uh, give you some rigor uh, that, that kind of help you have some faith in what you're doing. So organization, yay. Um, we're doing all of this in pursuit of key performance indicators, KPIs, okay? The idea of a KPI is that a KPI is designed so that valid comparisons can be made between shops of different sizes. So let's say that I've got a $750,000 bike shop and my friend has a $10 million bike shop. Uh, our average value per sale, you know, your average ticket, that's a valid comparison between those shops. Uh, payroll as a percent of sales is a valid comparison. Um, margin, margin you get on bikes, valid comparison. So what we're trying to get down to is something that's valid. Uh, if my friend says, I spend 20, uh, 
I, I spend $2 million on payroll and I say, well, I spend about you know $100,000 on payroll. That doesn't really make sense. Payroll is a percent of sales. That's something we can work with. So to get these KPIs, you collect input data from your point of sale, from your accounting system, maybe from your payroll software if you're into that. You perform some calculations on it and then you get uh, typically something that's a ratio. Maybe it's a number, dollars per sale. Uh, that you can compare either with yourself over time or with other dealers. So that's that's the key performance indicator. And I'm going to go through a few of them, uh, and I'll I'll kind of describe why they might be useful, how you get them, and uh, and I'll I'll share what mine are just because. Uh, so first, I'll talk about a couple of sales KPIs. Uh, the first one is something that I referred to recently, dollars per transaction. Uh, you collect this from your point of sales system, and it's simply total sales divided by the number of transactions. So that's an easy one. Um, my dollars per transaction for the prior 12 months is $154.40. I feel okay about that number. Uh, I remember when I was in the 140s, so I, I think the 150s sounds pretty good. Uh, however, uh, I, if I look at a year ago, I, I'm down 4.5% versus a year ago. So I must have been, uh, you know, I must have been close to 160 last year. So why is that? What's going on with that? I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to dig into that a little bit and see what's going on. Uh, the next sales KPI that I'm going to talk about is labor as a percent of overall sales. So that is, again, collected from your point of sale, and it's your labor dollars sold divided by your total sales. Uh, for the rolling 12 months, uh, my number is 7.83%. Uh, I think I've got a shop that performs closer to 8% and another shop that performs closer to 7.5%. Uh, our goal for this year was to hit 8 uh, we didn't quite make that, but uh, but you know I'm I'm okay. We're we're doing okay. We're uh, over what we were last year, so that's nice. Um, labor as a percent of overall sales is is good, but it's not perfect. Um, if your bike sales tank, uh, labor all this, and labor stays constant, well, labor as a percent of sales goes up. So I think labor as a percent of sales means something if your total sales are constant. And what I think, for me, I work where it's cold in the winter. Uh, my town is is not large. So I'm pretty labor constrained. Uh, I can only hire so many technicians. So uh, for me, labor as a percent of sales speaks to uh, how efficient we are in the shop with the staff that we have. Uh, maybe it's a reflection of how well I'm pricing our labor. Am I am I proud enough of it? Um, yeah, that, I mean that's that's what that. So that that's a that's a that's a number that I'm interested in, uh, and I'm interested in that getting higher. Uh, why? Uh, because labor, uh, in the sense of what we're talking about here, is uh, scare quotes pure profit. Nothing's pure profit like labor's pure profit. Uh, <laughs> so those are a couple of sales KPIs. Um, the next thing I would talk about is a human resources KPI. Uh, this one is very near and dear to my heart, and that is payroll as a percent of total sales. 
So that is your payroll dollars in a given period divided by gross sales from that period. Uh, I think the common think in the industry that I hear about is uh, 20%. Uh, I'm sitting right about 21%. Um, and I'm, I'm comfortable with that, right? Labor uh, or payroll, rather, is the largest variable expense in the shop. Um, so it's good to know what that number is over time. Uh, I've been watching mine pretty closely. Uh, I think uh, compensation is something that I think about a lot. Uh, the quality of experience that I think our clients have is pretty tightly related to the quality of staff that I have. Imagine that. Uh, so, so I'm interested in this idea of uh, payroll as a percent of sales. Um, but it, it's, it's different. Um, I am in the Midwest. Uh, we, we have four seasons. Uh, winter can be pretty bleak. Uh, as I said, I want a high-functioning staff, so I found that to have that high-functioning staff, I have made the decision that I'm going to carry people through the winter and, and give them things to do, like paint or lay tile or come up with a marketing plan or go out to a school or whatever. But anyway, I'm going to do that instead of laying them off. That's that's just the way that makes me feel good about how we're doing business. So uh, my number might be higher than other Midwestern shops who can effectively either rehire the same people or effectively train new people to be high functioning in short order. So there's that. It's a neat number. And it's a good one to know on your own. Uh, it's also a good one to, uh, to compare with friends. Now we're going to get to, uh, to some of my favorites. Uh, inventory KPIs. Love the inventory KPIs. Because uh, I feel like inventory is, is the biggest double-edged sword that we deal with. Uh, inventory is potential profit. It's also risk. And inventory KPIs kind of help us see how we're doing with that stuff. So there are three things that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about margin, which is easy to calculate. Uh, that is profit over gross sales. Uh, I'm going to talk about inventory turns, which is how effectively you utilize your inventory. Um, if I sell product that cost me a million dollars, and my average inventory is $250,000 over the course of a year, I am turning my inventory four times, right? That's, that's inventory turns. Uh, Jim Roy, gross margin return on investment, is a blend of turns and margin. Ha, on my handout, I put a blend of turns and KPIs. That's kind of dumb. Uh, it's a blend of turns and KPIs. So Jim Roy is gross profit over average inventory cost. Um, I read something very recently uh, in which some sources, quote marks, uh, recommend a Jim Roy of not less than 3.2 for a retail store. I think uh, I would, I would, I might actually kill for a Jim Roy of 3.2, but probably not. Uh, anyway, um, my my numbers are, are, are thus, okay? My bike margin, uh, and all of these are for the rolling 12, right? So my bike margin is 34.6. Uh, 
My bike turns is 3.44. My Jimroy is 1.82. Uh, my non-bike margin is 41.21. My turns are 2.77 on non-bike. And my non-bike Jimroy is 1.94. So what this tells me is that my money is better utilized in non-bike inventory. I don't know how much non-bike inventory I can sell without bikes. So, I mean, there's some, uh, can I say synergy? I think I will. Uh, there's some synergy between these guys. So what I like about this is thinking about how effectively we use our capital. Uh, I believe our bike margins are largely dictated by our manufacturers. Uh, my guys tell me what I'm going to buy it for. They tell me pretty much the maximum price I can charge for it. And, and that's my margin, right? What can I do to affect that? Not much. Um, so turns, to me, seem like where we have potential. Uh, the, quick, the more quickly we can turn our inventory, uh, the more effectively we use our capital. Um, I, that's, that's just what I'm thinking. So it's it's pretty nifty stuff. Um, I'm going to go through some questions real quick that have come up and uh, and see what we can find out. Uh, so I have a question. What's an effective method of getting rid of old inventory? Uh, and the follow-up is how old is old? Um, I okay, I'm not good at this. I'm I I'm trying to get better, but I'm not good yet. Uh, I think. Uh, one of the things that I'm going to do this off season is I'm going to develop a strict markdown calendar for clothing. Uh, on this date, it's 25% off. On this date, it's 40% off. On this date, it's half price, and we put it on some scary-looking piece of uh, fixture. Um, I think that is an effective way to get rid of old inventory. Uh, I think you have got to sell things when things are selling. Uh, <laughs> I remember one time trying to get rid of some old inventory when it was snowing outside, bike inventory when it was snowing outside. That didn't work. Uh, I tried to do it over the course of summer. It works great. So I think you've got to get rid of your old inventory when people are in your store. Um, how old is old? Uh, man, if that thing's had a birthday, uh, I die a little bit. So that's, that's how old is too old. Um, related to old inventory... Uh, I went to a seminar at the last Interbike, RIP, uh, with a bunch of musical instrument dealers, and a lady there was was great. She said, okay, so you made an inventory mistake. You got some old inventory. Sell it. Get rid of it. Turn it into cash and try again. Figure out what your mistake was. Okay, you bought that, right? Um, but don't do it again. D don't beat yourself up. Just turn it into cash and, and try again. And... That that felt great. That took a lot of uh, that took a lot of the sting out of uh, out of some of the mistakes. Um, let's see here. You mentioned your winners may be tougher. What kind of swing do you have, and does your payroll as a percentage match that? Yeah. Um, so payroll for me again. I've got a twenty one percent average for the rolling twelve. Uh, I know I had at least one month last winter when my payroll was up at thirty percent. Uh, that's a lot. Right. Um, and and sometimes you just got to grit your teeth through that stuff. So with payroll as a percent of sales, I tend to look at the rolling 12 a lot more than I look at a particular month uh, just because uh, we're, we're as seasonal as as we are.
Um, what are two or three things you would do to increase turns? Uh, I think that's a great question. Uh, I think thing number one is you've got to think, well, preseason is bad, right? Excessive spending at preseason is bad. Uh, for me, buying a lot of inventory going into months when my sales are low is particularly bad. Not only do I have a lot of inventory, but I'm not going to sell it. I'm not going to sell it for six months. What do I want with that inventory? I don't want it. So I think the first and most important thing you can do is try to have a good conversation with your uh, with your vendor about this. I mean, how can you be an effective client for them if you're not profitable? And and I think inventory uh, is a very risky thing. I think our suppliers try to push some of that a lot of that risk onto us. Um, and I tell them that every bike I buy that is not sold is risk. So let's, you know, let's share some risk. So thing number one, uh, have a, have a talk with your supplier if they make you do a preseason. Uh, I think thing number two is develop an inventory plan. And this is hard, right? Uh, again, not an expert. I'm just a guy trying to figure it out. Um, uh, I think you ha you do have to have some risky items on your floor, but I think those need to uh, represent a, a sane percentage of your overall totals. Um, I try really hard to have focused inventory. I try hard to have uh, conversations with my vendors about what my focused inventory is. I'm going to go for you Trek dealers out there. I'm going to go. I'm going to go FX2 disc. That is going to be a focused bike for me. Is that a focused bike for you, Trek? Because if you run out, I'm going to be super sad and I'm going to have to get my bike somewhere else because I'm turning my inventory really fast. So I don't have that much on hand, right? That's a good conversation to have. Um, yeah, and, and um, yeah, just think about what you're carrying. I, I think I think that's uh, super duper important. Um, the other thing... Uh, as far as increasing turns, is watching inventory creep. Uh, I have had this happen to me a few times. Uh, every now and again, somebody who does some buying for you uh, decides that they want a freestyle. No. Uh, the conversation we have a lot in my stores is, that's my money. Who gets to decide to spend it? I do. Uh, I mean, unless you give your buyer that kind of power, which is your buyer looking to move to Kalamazoo. Um, so... So there we go. Um, what would be a goal for payroll as a percent of sales? Again, I think that's, I think it's regional. Um, I think uh, there are a lot of factors to that. How do you pay yourself? I think that's that's a factor. But um, I think 20 is the number that I hear a lot of people talk about. I have friends running very profitable shops that are uh, 23 and 24. Um, I, I don't think I can do it less than 20. I just, I just don't, and I hope that doesn't sound too wussy. But the the way I'm doing it, that's that's probably about it. Oh, what are three or four KPIs that you look at? Sorry, one more question. Uh, and I think that's a good question um, because you can you can surround yourself with all kinds of data, and you can just start looking at all your data, and you can get like the crazy spinning eyeballs, and and just uh, paralyze yourself with that stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't think that's all that healthy. So I think it's like in your car, right? When you're driving your car, 
something that I look at pretty frequently is my speedometer, right? Well, okay, what's your speedometer? My speedometer, one of my speedometers is uh, payroll as a percent of sales. Um, biggest variable cost, I'm super tuned into it. That's an important KPI. Um, my turns on inventory and non-inventory are important. You can't over-focus on turns. Uh, gosh, I hope I didn't already say this, but uh, shoes, it, it, it requires a lot of inventory and shoes to sell shoes. Uh, and so you can't turn those all that quickly. Clothes in general, uh, it's a booger to turn clothes very, very quickly. So uh, sometimes you just got to take the hit uh, on those things and, and be okay with it, right? Uh, you know, floor pumps, turn those things. Tubes, you can turn those. I mean, if you want to buy tube futures, that's great. Good for you. Uh, I, maybe that's a great idea. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to keep from hiding inventory from myself because I've got, you know, six months worth of junk that, that I'd be better off having uh, two weeks worth. Um, so there we go. So that's what I like. I like turns. I like payroll. Um, but I'm certainly not everybody. Uh, before I'm done, I would just I, I would like to shill for for the P2 program for just a moment. Uh, it has been extraordinarily helpful to me. Uh, people balk at the cost, um, and I I think I think what's 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 it worth to bump up against people who are really getting it done a couple of times a year and and kind of be a sponge, kind of listen to what those guys are doing. It's been amazing for me. So um, as far as KPIs go, knowing your own KPIs is great. Uh, watching how your KPIs change over time and as you turn knobs and pull levers is very fascinating. Comparing your KPIs with others is perhaps even more enlightening uh, sometimes you have to peel the onion a little bit to figure it out, uh, and that's worthwhile. Uh, I think there's a lot to be uh, to be said with that. Um, for that, uh, as I said, contact with excellence uh, in my P2 group are fabulous retailers. I'm not a fabulous retailer. I'm trying to be a fabulous retailer, but um, some of these guys are great at retail, and and I I learn a lot when I'm around them. Uh, it is. It has been very helpful for me uh, to have some friends that are in the industry. Uh, I bought my biggest competitor a few years ago, and I called several of my P2 buddies and asked their advice. And they all gave me different advice, but it was all good advice. Uh, I was kind of, kind of able to wrap that up in a whole package of maybe this is how I ought to do it, and I, and I found that to be... Um, well, it was, it was great. It was really, really good. Uh, the last thing is uh, a sense of accountability. I, I, I know that some high horsepower dudes are looking at my numbers, and I would like my numbers to be good. Um, there are a lot of things that are important in a bike shop. Maybe having good numbers for your friends isn't the most important thing. But, but it is a thing, right? Um, and I, I think a sense of accountability is pretty good. Uh, I... I I think it's pretty nice when a friend of mine calls and says, what's up with this number? What's, what are you doing? So that, that's good. So uh, that's just a little bit of a, a shill for the P2. You can find more at the NBDA website if you'd like. Uh, if you would like to talk to me, I think I went over my contact information. Maybe not. Uh, my email is tim at pedalbicycle.com. 
uh, pedal, like the part that's on a crank, uh, bicycleissingular.com. Uh, my cell phone number is 269-383-2336. Uh, you're welcome to call me anytime, but I do go to bed at 9 o'clock Eastern because I am old and fragile. Um, so I think that is all there is to this program. Uh, it has been my pleasure. Uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to give me a call um, or contact the NBDA for more information about P2. Thank you very much. This has been Bicycle Retail Radio by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. For more information on membership and member benefits, join us at nbda.com. Music